1: Hope all of you out there are having a wonderful little week here. We appreciate you for joining us. I am Sean Oshadi, joined here by the guys Alexander K. Lee and Jed Mashu from MMA Fighting, of course. And we are here because, fellas, I don't know if you realize, but it is a pretty busy weekend in the combat sports space. We're getting spoiled this weekend. A smorgasbord, some might say. Not only do we have UFC on Saturday, headlined by... I would say a sick fight between two of the best lightweight prospects in the world. Some people may pan it, but I think that fight's really sick. Uh, we also have a full slate Friday as well, a really a triple header. We got the Moose, Gagar Musasi defending his middleweight title once again at Belter 282 against the undefeated Johnny Eblen. Got some Brent bantamweight Grand Prix action as well in there. And then you got the heavyweights and the light heavyweights back in action over at PFL five, and of course all the weirdness that will be going on with BKFC twenty-six. And so fellas. On Friday and Saturday, we'll have all our usual UFC pre fight coverage for y'all out there. So don't worry on that. But we wanted to actually highlight the best of the rest here for you guys today. So today, we're going to focus just on this Friday night triple header slate. AK, I want to start with you. I mean, when you look at this Friday at this weekend, do you like what you see? Is there enough out there in the non UFC world to entice you, to, to get you to come take a little bite?
2: Yeah, I are the times over. The times are kind of overlapping a little bit, aren't they? Oh, they're actually like right on top of each other. Some of these, cards. yeah, they are yeah, right, right no, on top of fun. each other. So You got to make if a choice. Tro- <laughs> this is definitely it one of those depends. weekends. Why do you say it that? It does Jen?
3: depend. Well, because the PFL pacing means the PFL is going to be going yes. long after that is, Bellator is already <laughs> done. <laughs> that is you could
2: catch a one PFL fight, switch over to Bellator, and probably watch three or four Bellator fights, and then come back before the next PFL fight is on. So. Maybe they, they will find some sort of synergy there, whether intentional or not. And then, of course, you throw the BKFC in, which I think starts a little bit later in the evening. Um, but just, yeah, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a fun, it's a fun time. I'm glad we're doing this preview show. Uh, we kind of mulled it over internally, just give you a little some inside baseball here. Like, should we do preview shows? And we're like, uh, do two preview shows, because, of course, there will be uh, another one for Saturday night's UFC fights. Sorry, I broke our no UFC rule already. Uh, and yeah, I was yeah. yeah, it's, it's, especially you have good names. You got, listen, you got names casual people know. Gareth Musazi, Anthony Pettis. Um, you have high stakes. I mean, again, this is the second. So this is the second round of fights for the uh, heavyweights and featherweights. And then the one lightweight fight with Pettis on, uh, at PFL. And then, of course, you have yourself a nice little title fight featuring one of the best middleweights in the world at, uh, at Bellator. Uh, and as for BKFC, it's actually like a surprisingly intriguing card. I think they have, again, they've loaded some... <clears throat> Excuse me. some recognizable names on there, people that they have invested time and money into marketing, and this one, one strength of BKFC beyond just you know the unique combat sports product that they offer up is that like th- they have signed well-known MMA fighters, and they have really gone all in on, on getting them um, interviews and, and putting them out there and getting the highlights out there. Luis Palomino, Jimmy Rivera, and what I believe is his BKFC debut. Beck Rawlings, of course, one of the more famous uh, BKFC fighters and, uh, and one of their own homegrown stars. In Britain, heart so and uh, Ulysses Diaz. I should mention Ulysses Diaz as well. So uh, yeah, lots to look forward to there. This is definitely one of those weekends where you kind of imagine like, what if you could take the best bits from each card and merge them into one? Would you have uh, a a super event that is more intriguing than the than the UFC's event? I don't know. I'm not sure, but I'm certainly uh, interested in checking out a little bit of all three of these.
1: I mean, Jeb, we're gonna we're gonna dive into all of this, but I I actually kind of want you to drive this ship here for a second. We're at your whims here. For this moment, when you look at this slate, where do you think we should start? Like I, when I say best non UFC fight of the weekend, what stands out? Where, where does your mind jump to?
3: The best individual non UFC fight of the weekend. And maybe the best card is Bellator 282. I agree with you. Uh, It won't be my choice, but that's very specifically, I will be in attendance for the PFL. Uh, The PFL is in my backyard. It's at, it's in Atlanta, Georgia. So I will be next to the smart cage. I don't think you guys understand. I'm going to be within touching distance. I may even touch the smart cage, which not a lot of people can say. I'm very excited about that. And so for that reason, the PFL is the event I am the most interested in this weekend. But I think objectively on paper, Bellator 282 is the best top to bottom card and certainly has the best non-UFC fight of the weekend with their main event.
2: Jed, are you I mean, are you scared of what might happen when you come into contact with the with the PFL smart cage, could this be like a Spider-Man getting bitten by the spider moment? What if you
3: what I'll if it it is so smarter?
2: Or and who knows what else? I mean, you, who knows what other powers you may absorb? That smart cage is made the with stats. some high tech. The stats like are you will you become a computer will you go- become a computer this week?
3: It's going to be like jacking into the Matrix. I think. Yes. where I'm just going to suddenly I know Kung Fu. Oh. And I know how fast in miles per hour your your kung <laughs> oh. fu strikes are coming at me. I could not be more excited about the PFS marquage this weekend.
2: You you are a live blog guy on MMA fighting usually, so your live blogs will just be like binary code coming down instead of. T- I feel yeah, to be very confused. Like what's going on here? What am I reading? Idea. <laughs> and and yes. yeah, you'll also be able to judge fights like perfectly. Like you'll be like the, the best judge ever. You'll let know how, how like I said how hard the strikes are landing. I'm I'm scared, frankly.
3: I don't know. Casey will disagree because stats don't tell the whole story, and I'm gonna know all the stats once I've integrated with the smart cage. Oh my gosh. Is
1: there is there an actual get excited. Is there an actual danger here that you're it's like you come too close to your dreams that like it's almost like disappointing in reality? Like mm-hmm. whatever you visualized in this in your head for this?
3: I think there's almost no chan- chance of that happening. Honestly, I am it's you're never going to hear me say this about at any other point in time because pacing across the board for MMA fights is bad and should be faster with the PFL for this weekend and next weekend where it's also in Atlanta. I'm really excited about just the intimate amount of time I'm going to have <laughs> between fights to just absorb the Smart Cage, to try and ask it questions, to to learn more about society and and fighting and just hope because I think that's what the smart cage stands for it stands for hope so uh this is the only time I'm excited about the slow pace that that will befall us but you know uh, uh a broken clock's right twice a day and in this instance slow pacing is exactly what I need
2: you you think the smart cage is like Siri you're going to be asking a question smart cage tell me where to where can I get a good uh, taco in, in the area <laughs>
3: It's, I'm just going to ask it all the things it's going to, it, it, it has all of human knowledge in it. It is the smart cage. I think we've talked about it, AK, this is, this is the pinnacle of fighting as far as I'm concerned. Mm -hmm. Like the only experience I want more is to sit cage side or ringside or, or phone booth side for a fight circus event, which I'm going to try and do either later this year or next year. And
1: then one day we will make that happen.
3: And yeah, and then my MMA journey will be complete. I won't, I'll have sat cage side for the UFC. I will have never been to a Bellator event, which feels really fitting, honestly. Jeez, I'll have seen man. the Smart Cage. I'll have, I'll have been next to the, to, you know, I've been everywhere. So, except for Bellator, which is good. Like, that's how it should be.
1: I just, all I want from you out of your on the, on the ground reporting on Friday is for you to just get the measurement of some kind of speed of something, whether you're throwing something towards the cage and you can get a measurement of speed of that, or maybe you're doing a little shadow box. I just need some kind of speed measurement from you and then we'll call it a night. That's it.
3: My, my sincere thing that I'm going to try and, and make happen over the next two weeks as I talk to the PFL people, I want to interview the smart cage and I want to do a lot of really dumb things with it. Um, I don't know if it's good content, but it's content that will make my heart happy. And so that's what I want to do. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I think like five minutes ago, you had said something to the effect of Bellator is the best event of the weekend. And I actually agree with you. It is the best event of the weekend. That's true. I, I totally agree with you in this regard. So let's start there. And let's start with that main event that you mentioned. Gegard Mousasi, Johnny Eblen. We know Gagard. Gaygard is a known commodity. We love Gagard. Everybody loves Gagard except maybe Jed. You you don't seem to like Gagard as much, which is weird. You're just a hater. I understand. But any any
3: regardless, g- not a hater. I I I just thought he was gonna lose because I thought he was getting old. I was wrong. Hand up I was wrong, but like I just thought he was getting old. Well, you know. Eighty
1: five seconds later he knocked out another fella.
3: Uh, Austin Vandersford. And so he
1: is still the middleweight champion. So now is a next man up. Uh, yet another undefeated challenger. This time, Johnny Ebelin, who is 7-0 in Bellator. He is really one of their homegrown prospects. I think he's gone like th- through like three nicknames. Handle guys who are just not on his level and really showed over the course of his time there. He's coming off that win over John Salter. So, AK, when I throw it to you, I mean, is there any danger here for Gegard? We have generally in Bellator seen Gegard. The, this is levels to MMA type of thing. With Johnny... On a challenger level of one to ten, where where are you putting Johnny in terms of danger for Gegard?
2: Man, he's he's a solid seven. I think he's a solid seven. I'm sh- and I'm sure some people would go higher. I'm probably not as familiar with uh, Johnny Evans' work as a lot of people. I admit I haven't watched all of his fights. And I'm sure some people have. Uh, great wrestling, which is you know something that people have used to defeat Gegard in the past. Though one could argue that he's kind of figured that out. He's kind of gotten over that. Also, you know, at middleweight he's a he's a big one eighty five or so. Um, there's not like a size. There's, he, he'll be going in as the bigger man, I believe. I, I didn't get a good look at him and, and Eblen on scales uh, today, but I believe he'll be going in as a bigger man. Um, I'm probably stealing some of Jed's points here uh, because I know Jed has always... Jed has like has said before in the past, and I think that's why people think he doesn't like Gegard, is that um, Gigard Musashi is in a weird situation in Bellator because... So right now, he is number three in the MMA fighting global rankings. He is behind only Israel Adesanya and Robert Whitaker. And he's in this unfortunately weird situation where he there is nothing he can do in Bellator to go over those two guys. There's literally nothing. Um, I think even if Whitaker lost like a bunch of fights, it would probably be to someone else who would then take his spot and then they would be number two. Musashi just cannot rise and, unless Bellator starts somehow bringing in guys, um, you know, more uh, bigger name guys into, into Bellator. Um, it just really well, feels crossover
3: like crossover fight with Henny Hitter. Uh,
2: yeah. Uh, it's Reiner Deritter. <laughs> I,
3: I, I know exactly it is how, to off, how to derail you. De I know exactly no, how no, to no, derail you. You will not derail you. me.
2: You've already derailed. I'm already using your talking points for you. So you've already derailed me enough. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it, it just feels like he has so little to gain because I loved the win over Austin Vanderford. I was like, that's hilarious. That's what should be happening. We all thought like he's in another world from Austin Vanderford and he, he, he took care of business. Unfortunately, winning so definitively, definitively, then has any of his detractors going like, "Oh, well, he just did what we thought he was going to do. He's just beating you know guys in Beltor that he should be beating." And 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 in a sense, that's true. In a sense, that's true. And I think the same thing will happen to Evelyn. It's either he loses, and then there's it's a it's an upset, and this guy has beaten one of the greatest middleweights of all time, or Musashi beats him, and then again, your average MMA fans like, "Oh, he beat some guy named Johnny Evelyn who I wasn't familiar with before this fight. Uh, maybe they should be, but." Most fans probably aren't. So he can only go down. And, yes, every time he steps in there, he's battling whoever's across from him. In this case, Johnny Evelyn, a very, very good middleweight, plus father time. I mean, every year you're going to get slower. Someone in Bellator is eventually going to punch that clock. And uh, maybe it's Johnny Evelyn I'm still I'm still definitely leaning towards Gegard here. I don't think that time has come for him just yet. But it really can happen uh, any time. And he just keeps kind of locking these tail defenses. So at least he's smart. It sounds like he might go to lead heavyweight next. So we'll see
1: jed i mean it's ak put Eblin at a solid seven in terms of the challenger scale the danger scale i think i probably feign a little lower maybe like a six maybe i'm just riding high off of what he did what Gegard did to austin vanderford and obviously again showing uh i'm just not on, on, i'm on a different level than like a lot of these guys you're throwing at me maybe i'm just still riding on that a little bit but i would say a six where are you going in terms of the one to ten scale in terms of challenger danger i
3: think seven is pretty accurate i mean it's Maybe if if we're going danger, then it's probably lower than a seven because I don't think Eblin is going to be that. He's not doing anything new, but I do think that he. I like Johnny Eblin. I have Johnny Eblin ranked in my my rankings. I think that he, he's a solid wrestler. He's not like an all world wrestler, but working out at ATT, he has some some roundedness to his game. Like this is a dude who I I feel is one of the fifteen best middleweights in the world which I didn't quite feel that way against uh, John Salter or Austin Vanderford or whatever, you know, like I, I think that this is a, an appropriate step up or as is a, will be a solid win for guard But as far as risk, I, it seems pretty low for kind of the stuff that you, you were mentioning, you know, riding so high off what he did in his last two bouts. Maybe this is the time father time catches up with him. I thought it was happening already. And then Gegard completely swayed me, you know, like he is, Okay, he just had some bad performances. It wasn't that he was getting old and now he's dialed in. I do have questions because apparently he's fat this week. So, I don't. He apparently had to lose like 30 pounds in three days or some astronomical number this coming in this week. So, that always gives you a little bit of pause. But, I, my assumption is that he is certainly a better fighter than Johnny Eblen. Um, and I assume he will get the win. So, if you're going on danger, maybe a six or a five. But if just quality, I, I think seven is is pretty right. Because I think a, like a top 15, top 20 middleweight. This is a, about as good a defense as he can get in Bellator at this point.
1: We're not going to have a, a chance to talk about the post of this this weekend, most likely with everything going on. So I do want to just briefly, before we move on, hit the topic of what's next. Because at this point, you mentioned Jed. Gegard, 36 years old. He's like fifty-eight fights deep. He's seemingly—he's
3: about to be thirty-seven. His birthday's August first.
1: It's, it's coming up quick, and he is one of the few guys in this division who seems to just be defying age. Because you're right, I thought I, I've, there's been at least multiple points in his career where I felt like he was either dropping off or maybe we're about to reach the end of it, and then he finds a new surge, and all of a sudden now he's like twelve and one over his last. Thirteen, And the one that he lost was a majority decision to Rafael Lovato. And that was like a really great fight. So like he's, he's cl- very clearly still here and he's still relevant. Who knows how much longer that, that will last, how much more he has left in the tank. But just quickly, do you want him to go to light heavyweight after this? Like, is that the move to challenge for that light heavyweight title after after? whatever this fight ends and obviously the light heavyweight situation is a little weird with Bellator right now but ultimately is that sort of what you want next from Gegard or do you think there's still more for him in this 185 division AK? has that uh Anderson Nemkov
2: they've been rebooked right I don't believe so Pretty yet much? how the hell has that not been booked yet <laughs> what the <laughs> I'm sorry that's a whole you know what, that's a whole other show just, Yeah. I'm sorry I for something I just assumed because that fight was how long ago now that fight was at least two months ago now longer? Maybe. Maybe it just feels, I don't know, you know, MMA world moves so quickly, maybe it feels longer than this. But that should have been rebooked within, like, two weeks. Like, this is absurd. Um, Yeah, I mean, listen, I said the only reason I'd love to see Musashi go up there, both those guys are a terrible matchup for him. I understand that. uh, Either Corey Anderson or uh, Vadim Nemkov. But, again, that's a fight. He goes up, he loses, and it's just like a shrug your shoulders. Ah, he went back up to 205. He went to go, you know, become a two-division champion. It it happens, right? Because he went, uh, he fought... uh, He went down to fight Rory, right? Do you find him to fight Roy? Oh no, Roy went Rory up to fight him, <laughs> and then he beat Roy's ass. Uh, but yeah, going, him going up to two hundred five would be you know it'd be a fun challenge. He's been uh, he was the strike force light heavyweight champion, if I recall correctly. So you know he has the credentials to say I've I've won a world title uh, in in this weight division before. And I would not I think he'd be a pretty big underdog against either of the top two light heavyweights in Bellator. But it's a it's a it's a low it's a medium risk high reward thing. If he loses, guess what? Goes back down to one eighty five and fighting the Johnny Eblins of the world again the Austin Vanderford's uh, maybe someone who's on this card actually I guess I don't know how we want to start digging into that Anatoly Tokov is also will be competing he's probably in line for a title shot next with a victory um, so yeah there's it's light heavyweight is the next logical move for him those 185 fights are always going to be there uh, and like I said one of these guys is going to get him eventually but he may as well chase uh, chase some bigger fights before that happens
1: yeah I kind of agree with you I, I mean at this point if you look at sort of Bellator's middleweight division if J- Gagar can get through Johnny, like he is more or less gone through everybody pretty notable at this point. Like maybe you have a Lorenz Larkin out there or something who, with a little bit of a name or like you said, Tokov, but you're kind of starting to reach, guy. you're reaching like Romero cotton levels of like, we're just throwing anybody in here. What, what do you think, Jed?
3: Tokov's the only guy who he's not interesting cause no one cares. Um, so you can't use the word interesting, but like, Meritocratically is the only guy who would make sense. Assuming Tokov wins this weekend, like he may well not. I, I don't know. Probably is going to, but we'll we'll see. Uh, yeah, I just I wanted to go up two or five mainly because the fights are maybe they're not more fun. I, it's hard to say that for sure, but they're certainly more notable. Like if he goes up two they, can they have a bunch of names there. Yeah, the names are more interesting. Like a, a Rumble Johnson fight is. Objectively fun. Sign me like, up for that. That's Romero. great. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, that's a really fun fight there. And it's, I know it sounds a little bit weird to talk about, like, in this manner about a guy who was literally the current champion in an MMAfighting.com tremendous website. And MMAfighting.com's rankings is the number three middleweight in the world. But, like, I don't, because they're, because he can't do the thing where he fights, like, the best guys in the world because he exists in Bellator. I just want him to do the retirement tour, even if he's not going to retire. Like, just just do the thing, do the legends tour, because the dude's been fighting for twenty friggin' years, like twenty years of fighting, and so even if he still has tread on the tires, which somehow he does miraculously, he should not, but somehow it's he incredible. does. Like,
1: it's really incredible. I just
3: want to see him fight people. Like, I, I, no one will care about this fight. I mean, they would give a huge amount of a crap if it happened, but it's not a fight anyone thought about. Give me Moose versus Fedor. That'd be fun as hell. Just do that. Do that sort of like really weird, dumb stuff because like I don't care about him fighting Tokov. Like no one does. He's done the thing. He will have defended a middleweight title a bunch of times. Huzzah. If you want to have him go get a light heavyweight title shot, that's cool. But I'm equally as comfortable just being like, I don't know. Let's just roll out a bunch of people who also have big names and just bang our action figures together because that's a really fun thing to do oh my lord you just took me for a ride there i was i was in i was all the way in you're talking about
1: Mus- Musasi versus romero that's really fun Musasi versus rumble that's really fun but then you said fedor and i got all tingly inside and all of a sudden that's all i ever <laughs> want again isn't
3: that really fun that's, i've isn't never even thought of that fight. i have
1: never thought yeah. of that matchup at all but i cannot like that needs to happen now that's the fight
3: it would be it would be unbelievable like and that's the sad thing is Bellator's not going to do it because they lost all their fun. Like, they don't they don't have fun in Bellator anymore. I they, mean,
1: they might be listening to this right now and might book it just to spite you.
3: I hope, like, if you, they did a bunch of things to spite me, they would be a much better promotion than they <laughs> currently are, for being honest. So, like, I hope so, because that would be... You guys don't... You're not good. Like, Bellator has forgotten that they're not good. They think that they're, like, very good because they... Arguably, have the best light heavyweight in the world or whatever. Like, mostly you guys are just not as high quality as UFC. So you should also just be more than willing to have fun. And Moose, Moose Fedor is fun as hell. Like that's just an incredibly fun fight.
1: Moose would be a hundred percent down to like that dude would. Absolutely. He Mark Hunt. Like he would he would sign up tomorrow dude, to fight Fedor. He doesn't
3: care at all. And I he'd, can't he'd imagine be favored, Fedor would say no. Oh, he'd would definitely be favored. Yeah, he would okay. probably be favored. Yeah, it'd be because, oh, yeah. So
1: maybe like. What like one twenty five something like that one Maybe just
3: because of the weight difference. Yeah, but you know, mm-hmm. like it's, it he would definitely be favored. But it would also I also don't think that's like an unrealistic fight given how like yeah. who they are. They are both legends of the sport. Like do fun stuff like that because for as good as I think Johnny Eblin can be, or whatever, this has zero Q rating. Nobody gives two tugs on this one. Like this okay. is just this is spinning the wheels right. here. And that's what it is. All right. Well, he's eleven Lord and zero. <laughs> Johnny Avalon's eleven and zero. He's I, the like, he number is, one contender in Bellator. I, as I mentioned, I have <clears> him ranked, and that do. doesn't change. That nobody cares about this fight. <laughs> All right. So if I'm wrong, tell me I'm wrong. But I'm pretty confident our traffic numbers are going to be like. Jed is extremely right. They should do Moose Fador. People would watch the hell out of that.
1: Either way, I'm excited for this fight. I think it's an interesting fight. I'm interested to see where Johnny Ableton really stands in the global scheme because I agree with you, Jed. He's a very interesting prospect. I like that they made this fight, but I hope they start doing some really fun stuff with Gegard after this. I want to move on, gentlemen, because I know you just crapped on them a lot, Jed, but something Bellator has been doing very well, I've thought, was this bantamweight Grand Prix that they put together. And we have two matchups coming up here on Friday. We have Enrique Barzola versus Magomed Magomedov. The winner of that is going to fight Patchy Mix. And then the one everyone has their eye on, uh, Leandro Higo versus Danny Sabatello, the latter of whom has been making, I don't know, quite a bit of noise. Let's say that. He has been very loud. d is
3: a man.
1: Danny Sabatello, I would say five, like five times peop- the amount of people know him now than he did before his last fight. The winner of the, him versus Higo is going to fight on Stots for the interim title. So, Jed, true or false, the eventual winner of this Grand Prix is fighting tomorrow night.
3: Uh um, false. Okay. Who do you I think mean, I I yeah, I is is currently the guy I would have. I also think Danny Sabatello's game. Well, Danny Sabatello is easily the best person on the mic, don't get me wrong. Um, and I I want him to win. Man, do I want him to win because he is a quote machine and I absolutely love that. Uh but the the stuff he said coming into this one is also just incredible. The hey for the last you know every week uh, when we're training you you get your partners to emulate fighters and I'm like I, I've just been asking all my my training partners hey fight me really <laughs> shitty because Andrew Ego's a really shitty fighter is just like an incredible line <laughs> it's unbelievable stuff and it builds on his post fight speech in his last win which was one of like the five best post fight. Speech is literally in the history of the sport. So I love Danny Sabatello and Bellator would be, well, would be in a great spot if he managed to win. But I just think Javier Stotts is his way, his his style. He's a much better wrestler. He's going to be able to stuff the shots. He's a much better striker. Uh, he is my odds on favorite to win the GP. But uh, a Stott sabatello finale, very much in play and would be an absolute banger.
1: Well, so that would be a semifinal because then Patchy oh, mixes on the, the other side. Work? Yeah, but oh, okay. Stots could talk really well as well, uh, and that's, the, the lead up of fun. that would be just in terms of the mic work would be fantastic. Okay, same question to you that I just asked, asked Jed. I mean, we have four guys going to, on Friday night. Is the winner of this eventual the eventual winner of this tournament fighting tomorrow night?
2: I like, like I like Magomed Magomedov. Probably another guy oh, that I falls. I- <laughs> falls under the uh nobody cares about this guy uh jed uh category uh is the winner He's a good fighter. He is. He's a very good fighter. He's a very good fighter. Um he's fought Stotts already. I think he lost to him. Um gosh, that's a good question. Is the is the
1: winner? <sighs> Cuz I'm not I'm, right. I'm right. Maybe I'm buying the the hype, but I actually think there's a very very real possibility Dan- Danny Savtell mm-hmm. is going to come out of nowhere and just win this whole thing.
3: Yeah, Dude, and look he has the that style. That is the best case scenario. Listen. If you have that, Bellator would be happy. Uh,
2: not with, the, I mean, it would be like a Ben Askren type thing, right? Where like Ben Askren in cage, maybe was not the most exciting guy, but there was something about his personality and something about his way he could, you know, sort of sell people fights. People to him. People did gravitate towards him, this is true. Now, he was a little also more, but I mean, Askren also had kind of the pedigree, right? The pedigree, the national championships, uh, competing at the Olympics. So he had a little bit more of a mainstream pedigree than Danny Sabatello does kind of like you guys just said Sabatello more so came out of nowhere like Astrid came into Bellator with the name with, with a name Sabatello is like, is like ho- kind of homegrown in Bellator now um, and it's to his credit and it's also how uh, I think Bellator has also done a decent job of marketing him like putting him in the main event is very smart uh, Landry Higo very reliable Landry Higo is kind of a weird he's kind of a weird guy right? he just always seems to find himself in relevant fights but doesn't win them ever is that unfair to say about Leandro
3: because no, he's a really shitty fighter Danny Sabatella told us so <laughs> no you're and not wrong, wrong though because I mean I think today?
1: I think the three people that would be most like outstanding the <laughs> fights he's been in are Dante's Caldwell and Pico and he lost all of them uh-huh uh-huh uh, you know I think you know he, he beat Caldwell uh the second time the second
2: time so, uh, yeah, so beat he him just beat him. Time. Yeah, he just. Yes, yeah. But yeah, right. He did lose the first time, and he also missed weight um, yeah, twice a, in a
1: row. So you know, this hit. Yes,
2: he's a weird case. He's just always getting. He's always on the main cards. He's always getting like co-main or main opportunities, and yet never seems to win the big one uh, when it matters. And I and I don't think that's going to change on Friday. Yeah, I think Sabatella's style is perfect. I, I always I always favor like when you're talking about guys who can become champions, guys who can win tournaments like this. I always favor fighters who have an A plus skill, right? And and not everyone in MMA does. Uh, he is an A plus wrestler, A plus grinder. That can take you, we all know that can take you so far, uh, in this, in, in MMA. I mean, it's just a fact. It's just proven. Uh, it's been proven in Bellator, as we just said with Ben Askren. So I don't know if I'd put him on, on that level, uh, as a Ben Askren, but boy, he has looked really, really good, um, in his Bellator fight so far. And this is, now he's going to get, have fun, buckle up fans. He's going to get five rounds to grind, uh, Higo into dust. Uh, he's been saying he's going to hurt him and get a finish. I, It's not impossible. He's one of those guys. He was certainly a finisher on the regional scene. But ever since he sort of stepped up to the next level of competition, he has not finished anyone. I don't think he cares. Again, like I said, he's not the kind of guy who's going to, you know, he'll say it pre-fight. He's not going to apologize for it after that. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't get the finish. No, if he gets the win, he's going to be happy. And he's going to talk his talk, which, uh, as you guys mentioned, is very good. And as far as I know, he hasn't like crossed any weird lines yet. Right. With his trash talk.
3: Yet. Yet is the operative term. Yet is the operative. I mean, yes. He is a high likelihood of getting milkshake ducked in the next year is my Sure. My my not so subtle take on You can said. say that
2: about ninety percent of the people in MMA though. So that is, True. you know But yes, for someone who talks this much and does as many interviews, yeah. it does feel like he's just bound to say something that that rubs someone the wrong way. But that's what I do like about him is that he is like he has good lines so far. It's mostly just focused on trashing his opponents. Um that's that's also, there's an arc to that.
1: It is kinda like the it's not like a like it's 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 mean, but it's not like mean spirited in that like he's going really personal with stuff or like bringing no. family into it. Like yeah. like it's very and Sonnen. Chael, Chael like to tell people yeah. they sucked. Like I like that, that kind of childish yep. trash talk of like you suck. That is very relatable.
3: Yeah, Danny Sabatello is the spiritual successor to Chael Son. I know Colby Covington desperately tried to do that, but Colby Covington never was never in on the joke enough to do it. And I think Danny Sabatello. Is and so like it, it hits differently and it's way funnier.
1: Also, Colby yeah. isn't. And the I shame, don't think I don't think Colby's is quick on his feet. Like a lot of that stuff's rehearsed. Dan- no, Danny, Danny it feels oh, like no, no, it's no, much no, quicker. No, 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 no.
3: Colby has zero wit
2: to. <laughs> and, and not to go off on a tangent, the shame is Colby is a much better fighter than Chelsea Sonnen or Danny Sabatello, and I wish he had been able to reconcile that with some other. Um, I'm like not Tweekson willing to say first.
3: that he's a better fighter than Chael Sonnen. He I I like been, Chael Sonnen. People, people underrate how good him. Chael Sonnen was for a people bit. People underrate how good Chael was. And, like, Colby's getting a lot of mileage off of wins that happened four years ago. Hard I'd I'd agree. Also, like, close, hard agree. Close and beating also, Jorge all, who's hey, so good.
2: People give him credit for going nine rounds, nine some rounds
1: with the champ. They give him credit for sure. that. They give him credit he's for that. He's a really that. good might matchup for Kamar Usman. But I, I agree with Jed. I We are totally on a different tangent. But I would like to see Colby fight someone relevant in this division sometime mm-hmm. soon that would be nice That's uh just not gonna happen but by, by the way jed when we are on like episode 400 of damn they were good and we're doing chael sonnen the channel sonnen episode i want not in on that that'll be fun oh
3: oh we're doing chael way sooner <laughs> than that because chael chael is not a fun watch for the most part but i've never had as much fun watching chael throw away a, a middleweight title than in that fight with anderson silva that was it's honestly one of the five most memorable experiences watching a fight I've ever had. So I
2: wish you could get him on the show; that would be amazing.
3: Um, I bet we can. Actually, it, it may <laughs> not be impossible. Yet.
1: Quick pick here if for the for be. these tournament picks. I'm taking Magomedov, and I'm taking Sabatello. Who you guys got?
3: I'm taking Sabatello for sure. Uh, I think I'm taking Medov. I. I was hoping AK was going to come out with the wild card and be like, I think Enrique Barzola is going to win the whole damn thing. He's, <laughs> he's like, look good. He's look good Bellator. I, I love he,
2: Enrique Barzola. He I is love him. a way
3: better fighter than he gets credit for. Yes. And I honestly, I kind of am interested in an upset pick against Magomedov here. Like, I think Magomedov just hasn't impressed, even though he's a good fighter. Whereas Barzola, I think, has a, has a higher ceiling at points in time. Uh, it's still a tough style matchup, but I uh, uh, for funsies, I'll I'll go with the chaos theory and take Barzola to pull off the upset.
2: I I could definitely see this becoming a damage versus control situation. I could see a lot of
3: sure right, a
2: lot of a lot of upset. You know, uh, uh, Mega Manap wins a split decision, and a lot of people upset. Like, no, but Barzola was killing him in round one and two, first half of round one and two. For you know, he started grinding. Yeah, I could see that happening, but I'll, I'll go with the least fun option. Uh, and go with Magomedov, and then uh, and he uh, Sabatel, of course, to advance.
1: Right. One of the one of the quick tidbit from this card I want to mention. Then we can move on. The Bellator Champion Series is back in
0: action Friday, May seventeenth, live from Paris, France. reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov.
4: Go to Sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S Y L V A N 29.com.
1: Kat Zingano is like quietly on the prelims of this one. Uh-huh. She's fighting Pam Sorensen. And because uh-huh. Bellator sucks well, at Hold on, hold Sean. on. I, I'm not putting this on Bellator because at this point I'm kind I have to admit that I'm like somewhat confused by what Kat was doing in Bellator and, like, the run that she's sort of on. Like, she came over here talking about no- talking no noise, about wanting to fight Chris Cyborg. It's something she had been talking about for years, even back in the UFC as well. She'd always made it clear that that's the fight she wanted. And yet we're on fight three now of this Bellator thing. She's fought two women without Wikipedia pages, and now she's fighting Sorensen, who <laughs> even, you know, she's former Invicta champion, but she's not a big name by any stretch. And again, she's on, like, the YouTube prelims. And on Wednesday at the media day, Kat was asked point blank about fighting Chris Cyborg. And she essentially just waffles and says the only way she's going to do it is if Chris agrees to independent drug testing, which is definitely something not Bellator's not going to do or care about. Um, It's been 11 years since Cyborg failed the drug test for a steroid. What is going on here? Because Jed, this is starting to feel like a GDR situation all over again with Cyborg.
3: Oh, uh, that's because it is. I don't, Like, I don't, I have a general rule where my assumption is that professional fighters are not afraid to fight other professional fighters because they are professional fighters. Um, Getting your ass beat is actually not like that bad of a thing um, for anyone who's ever had their ass beat. Like, it's, it's okay. You just, you recover and move on. But I mean, what, I, there what, is what the hell? Only getting your one, ass beat sucks. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut you off there. Getting your ass beat fine. sucks. That's fine. All right, continue. It's fine. Like, it's not, you don't want to do it, but it's whatever. Um, and if you're getting paid to do it, then that's fine. Uh, but there's honestly only one realistic way to approach what's happening here. And it's that Kat honor doesn't want to fight Chris Cyborg. She talked about a lot of greaseness uh, and then actually found herself in a position where this is going to happen. And now she has done the unique thing of... There are not a lot of times that I can recall Chris Cyborg absolutely dunking on people. Oof, yeah, uh, yeah. But after, like, I mean, she's dunked on people in the cage a lot, don't get me wrong. But, like, after Zingano said her, I want an independent thing, Cyborg went on Twitter and was like, yeah, so Zingano's 9-0 and uh, and beat Misha Tate and Amanda Nunes uh, before USADA came to the UFC. And she's been 1-4 since. And then went 2-0 and after she left it. So really, who needs who needs the testing? And like, I'm not here also, to say that. Also, she threw in a, like, have fun
1: fighting on YouTube type of thing as well. It, oh, it, it yeah. was a real like, 10 seven. It was It was oh, money. Oh, she,
3: she dunked all over her. And I am not in any way saying on is on the gas because, one, I don't care. And two, it probably isn't. But like, it also just doesn't matter. But if you're just going to come, if you're going to come talking reckless, you need to be ready to not get absolutely throttled. And she did. So like losing the the war of words to cyborg and certainly losing the fight if and when that happens is it's a bad look everything she's done is bad it's still very stupid the bellator put her on the prelims like this is ostensibly a woman you're going to have fight ostensibly your champion though i guess cyborg's contract situation is in a bit of limbo or whatever so i don't know what the hell anyone's doing here it's all bad um and it's just par for the course with bellator these days
1: Aks, what is what do you make of this well, if one, I would have
2: loved to have seen Kat Singano and Pam Swanson as the main card opener. Uh, I get it, Brendan Ward and Cassius Cain, I guess they're assuming will end in sort of like an exciting finish. That's probably why they put it out there. And that's fine. That's that's always good reasoning to make a fight a main card opener. But they have like a former lightweight champion on there. Brent premis is on the prelims. Uh Anatoly Tokov, who we said might be the next middleweight title challenger is on the prelims. Saba Hamasi versus Macon Mendoza has like has some heat behind it. That's that like there's a lot of card fights they they could have put as the main card opener. I get it, you want to have the two uh uh uh, Grand Prix fights on the, um, uh, on the main car. So you can't move those a little bit of an odd choice though. Brendan Ward and and Cassius game with respect to both those guys. Alejandra Lara. She just, she just recently fought for a Bellator title and is always very fun to watch anyway. Uh, but yeah, with regards to, uh, Gano, my, my, my only thing would be, I assume she's getting paid the same, no matter who she fights in Bellator at the moment. Again, they don't have pay-per-views. I know they've flirted with the idea of having a pay-per-view someday and they've had them in the past, but they don't, they're not going to hold one anytime soon. Um, and if that's the case, Kat Zagano probably gets paid the same for fighting Pam Sorensen as she does for fighting uh, Chris Ivor. I don't know what the championship boost is. There's certainly no pay-per-view points. Maybe there's a bit of a salary boost for being in a title fight. So in that sense, she should be angling for it like hardcore. She or, or she just get a belt She's not. if she wins. She's probably not going to beat Chris Ivor in a fight anyway. Uh, and just being real, just being real. And, and again, if, if her posturing is any indication... Maybe she kind of agrees with us, you know, or maybe she's waiting. Uh, she's waiting for something to happen. Maybe she's waiting for Chris Cyborg to, she describes Chris Cyborg, will become a free agent or something. Yeah, maybe she wants to get a vacant that's my read feather on featherweight title. Which that is- feels right. That's my read But I mean, it, I mean, yeah, and I guess that'll that'll be a salary increase there. But like, no one will care. I guess if you're a fighter, it doesn't matter. So she is being very cagey and very strategic, very, uh, very cat-like. You might say, <laughs>
1: "Oh my god, <gosh>. I, <laughs> I hate you so, you so say, much." She's
2: being, she's being shitty like a cat. Um, and if that is the case, and this somehow doesn't does, does if, if a year from now we're talking about Kat Zingano uh, winning a vacant featherweight title and and suddenly getting a couple of fat chick uh, fat paychecks before she decides to walk away, you know what? Then she did it the right way. But uh, yeah, I'm not a fan of how it's been handled. And Chris Sabogg really, really did some she damage with that that tweet. She her. <laughs>
1: Uh, I almost just kicked you off this podcast because of that catch up. Don't do that again. <laughs> uh, yeah, th- this whole thing's weird to me. It's again, she talks so much noise for so long. Uh, I don't know the the independent drug testing thing. What are we doing anymore? Uh, anyway, let's move on to PFL five. We got the heavyweights. We got the lightweights. Jed, you're going to be there as you as you said at length at the beginning of this. Ak, what's catching your eye when it comes to this card? What do you oh, like? What are you, what are you looking for?
2: Correction, and it's the heavyweights and the featherweights, which is confusing because Anthony Pettis is one of the lead fights, and he oh. he is a lightweight. It's a weird there one. Also there's one actually. Why I thought it yes, was lightweight? One, so my bad. Yes, there's one yeah. lightweight fight which is above all the all the other featherweight fights, which are which are on there. So, but yes, and and heavyweights. So.
3: But oddly, not the main event, which it very clearly should be. Yes. yes. Why
2: is the main event? Well, listen, Bruno Capilota. Uh, I need a to champion. check. He is a champion. He is the defending PFL that's, champion. That's why the fact that the you just said it, I need to check stupid. in
1: the middle of this show,
2: yeah. No, I need no, no. That's not, I need to check if he is he is a farve in our rankings, a fighter also receiving votes. Uh, I don't know who put him on there. Probably uh, Guillermo Cruz. I love
3: that you've given that an acronym. It's a farve. Yeah, you're a farve. A, a Favre? fighter also receiving
2: votes. Yeah, you're a farve. So he's a farve. Uh, he has one vote in our in our rankings. So he's he's on the board in there somewhere. He's in the top twenty, top twenty five ish area somewhere. Um, so in that sense, I do applaud them for saying listen we want to yes we want to respect our defending champ on the other hand Anthony the is a bigger name than anybody on this card he should be in your main event this is just silly uh but yeah also, I, he's fighting, yeah, he's just, fighting
3: stevie ray he's fighting stevie that's, yeah, like, fight. that's a good and fight, good fight. Is fighting i, I Sheffel, who uh-huh. i've never heard of and he's uh-huh. 15 and 8 <laughs> like he that was, is you could have made that man's name up listen he is, and that's it's just dumb.
2: Listen, this is a card of chaos. All right, we this card That's has seen the five shuffles Brazilian. Five fights changed this week. Six new fighters signed to the PFL just to keep this Excuse me, just to keep this card together. Uh, I think you, I'm sure you and uh, you and Connor talked about this on the gambling podcast, Jed. But was uh, so very upset. <laughs> Brendan Brendan Lachnane is fighting a new uh, newcomer. Uh, Goldsaw is fighting Maurice Green, who people, of course, know from the UFC, the Ultimate Fighter UFC. Uh, Juan Adams, also from the UFC, is facing. I, I really have to look up these names, guys, as I'm talking about them. Um, is facing Kay... Kai. I was, uh, was going to let Kai. you try it. I Sam. don't know how to say that. Okay, Sam Sam K. I'm going to say, and they're both new to the PFL. Anton DeLegia is fighting, fighting Sheldon Graves, Shelton Graves, and Bubba Jenkins is fighting Exon, Hinaldo Exon. So, I love the way the PFL sent this out. Like they sent like the email, they sent out a tweet. Like five uh, five new fights on Friday's card, or six new fighters come to the PFL. I'm like that's one way to look at it so there is the opportunity for chaos here guys um none of these fighters have a realistic chance of making the playoffs uh the featherweights the featherweights do it's wide open no one had a finish in the first uh first featherweight card so there you go anyone who's a finish they're probably locked to get in the heavyweights everyone in the top four right now has at least five points if shuffle gets a first round finish he's in Clinton Abreu can sneak in uh, with the decision if Anton Delicia loses. You know what? Why do I say this? All the PFL fans know this. I'm sorry, I shouldn't even have to break this down. PFL, PFL fans have the standings on their, like, as their uh, desktop wallpaper. They know. I don't need to break down who needs to win and who needs to lose on Friday. What am I doing?
3: <laughs> I mean, all, all the heavyweights can basically punch their ticket in. I mean, I guess Correct. Clinton Abreu is technically outside of the top four at the moment. But if he beats Hennepaia, he'll move into the top four. Yes. This, yes. Yeah. It's honestly not a bad PFL card as far as PFL cards go. It's very weird what happened, that a bunch of things changed. And I understand the inclination to have Capeloza shuffle in the main event, but it's just objectively incorrect. Because Peta Stevie Ray is like, honestly, it's one of the better fights going on this weekend, including the UFC card even. Like, it's really one of the fun, better fights PFL fight.
1: could just put together, period.
3: Yeah, just in general. So it's it's very weird, especially weird that it's, a random lightweight fight on an otherwise heavyweight featherweight card. Everything about it's very strange. Because didn't they do the lightweights last weekend?
1: They did do
2: the light yeah, lightweights most the lightweight, the last event, except too. for yeah. Pettis. Yeah, except for Pettis. Yeah.
3: Except for this one, which doesn't make which would make sense to me if they were doing this to be the main event of this card. Because like you want to put something in the prime, like in the marquee spot, but to just not have that on the other lightweight card to put it as the co-main here seems very very weird to me.
1: I agree with you in that it's obvious that Pettis Ray should be the main event. It's very strange to me that it's not. But either way, the, the, there's actually like stakes to that fight too, because Anthony Pettis is already in for in sure. the the playoffs, yes. so he's in the running he's for a million dollars. Yep. But Stevie Ray could also jump in there if he manages to get a, a first or a second round finish. So yes, yes.
3: it's up Wait, in there. Why is Pettis Why is Pettis in the playoffs? Pettis uh, because o- he got a first uh, round Olivia, finish. Yes. And so he's currently oh, in the lead okay. with so six points point yes. in the yeah, finish I, ranking. I forgot that the the way that their first round means he's over OAM, who has two wins.
1: Yeah,
2: two decisions, yes.
1: But ulti- ultimately, though, you look at this card, it's a card of a bunch of heavyweight banger fights, right? Like, it's not, like, marquee names, but it is probably going to be a lot of violence. It
3: seems like it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm I'm kind of here for it. it. It's better than Parisian Badeau on the USD card on Saturday. Yeah. Is that on the <laughs> like, main card? Yeah. That's, That's the wrong. third fight from the top. That's wrong. <laughs> no, we just talked about it on BTL. We'll very briefly speak on this just because that fight infuriates me because... Pado's French and Parisian's name is Parisian, uh-huh. and the UFC is going to Paris in two months. <laughs> and it's incredibly stupid that this fight is happening at in, in the apex instead of <laughs> UFC Paris. It makes they me won- so so mad. I'm so mad about it. I cannot express. Yeah, these are mad these are me.
2: men's lives. They can't wait two months. They got yeah. bills to pay. They they, they come on.
1: Just, also, just those guys, guys aren't is selling. Rolling
3: over in his grave. Those guys aren't selling a alive. single more
1: ticket in France
3: if we're being honest. No, but Joe Silva would have never allowed this to happen. That fight would have 1,000% happened in the undercard of UFC Jet, Paris. how
1: about this? It's going to end
2: in a weird no contest. They rebook it for UFC Paris.
3: That's what Mike said and I okay. des- I don't care how it ends. Just rebook it for <laughs> UFC Paris. Whoever wins No matter what. happens. <laughs> well,
1: well, quickly, I, I do want to hit this main event because Jed, if you look at Bruno Capelos' record since joining PFL, 5-0, oh, four knockouts, one very oversized million dollar check, and a championship belt. And so he's back at you it again. Who,
3: and you know who his last loss is, too, my man? Um, I don't offhand. Off the top of your head? I don't offhand. Oh, UFC light heavyweight champion Yuri Prohashka is the last man to defeat okay. Bruno Capelloso. That's not bad. That's not bad. So that actually. That's not a bad loss at all.
1: So that goes back to what I was going to say, which is that seemingly anyone can get ranked at heavyweight with a few good wins. And yet. As AK, as AK mentioned, I just actually checked our, our rankings for MMA fighting, and only one person on the entire website, uh, our good friend Stephen Morocco, has him ranked at all, and he has him ranked barely in the top fifteen. He's like right on the oh, outskirts. Oh, Stephen!
3: Oh, have, have Jed?
1: Have we been disrespecting Bruno Capeloza in our rankings?
3: No, because his win. Well, one, two of his five wins are over Ante Delaja, who. Sure, like that's, it's not an awful win, but like that's... Oh
1: my God, that, you just broke AK, his, his mic's muted and he's losing it right now.
3: <laughs> that That's, he's, Hunter is <laughs> not a Favre. Uh, Mo <laughs> DeReese, who I, I don't know who that is. Um, Stuart Austin, like these aren't high profile wins. However, volume matters. And if he, if he goes out here and gets another win over another warm body in Matthias Scheffel, who whose nickname is Buffa. I don't know what that means, but the man is, is a well-built young man. Uh, if he goes out and beats, uh, beats Sheffle, I'm probably going to move him into my rankings. Honestly, looking at my rankings right now, I have Ryan Bader in there sort of because everyone else has Ryan Bader in there and I feel compelled to do it. But I've been looking for a reason to remove him. <laughs> so How dare you just disrespect the Bader. Bellator
1: heavyweight champion?
3: I, I dare. And uh, either way, if if God blows a wins, certainly if he gets a a, a big knockout here, he's going to make my rankings this year or this this next iteration, just because six in a row is a lot of wins and you deserve to be rewarded, even if maybe your quality of opposition isn't the highest in the world.
2: Yeah. Um. You, you mentioning that Capiloto beat Delecia twice to win a million dollars last year, I was—I was about to say that's the most absurd thing I've ever seen. Then I remembered Lance Palmer beating Alex Gilpin three times in one yeah. season and winning a million dollars.
3: Yep, He beat, uh, beat
2: the same guy three times in one in a year and won a million dollars. It's not a bad gig. Look, it's not a it's bad a gig. gig, a it.
3: gig. It's a great you gig. Can get it,
2: it's a great gig.
3: It's a great
2: great gig. I love PFL. You're so lucky. You're so lucky you're going to be there.
3: I'm really excited, honestly.
1: <laughs> um. Well, let's get out of here. One last thing before we go. Uh, I just wanted to throw it out there to you guys. I mean, anything from BKFC that you want to mention before we get out of here? Because it, it actually is not a bad card. I mean, you have Luis Palomino fight for the welterweight title. Uli Diaz fight for the middleweight title. Jimmy Rivera's debut. Beck Rollins, Britton Hart 2, as AK said at the top of this. Anything standing out to you guys?
3: Beck Rollins, Britton Hart two is probably gonna be fun um the only other thing honestly I'm not BKFC has never tickled me in the way that a lot of people seem to be really invested in it uh but Luis Palomino is just a really violent fun man to watch and I'll watch any Luis Palomino fight like that he ever has just just out of respect for (laughs) for for the Gaethje fights like he could fight, he'd go on a 12 fight losing streak and look awful. And just out of respect for the wars with Justin Gaethje, I'll still tune in for that man, but he's still pretty fun to watch anyway. So, you know, that's a, that's a bonus.
2: Uh, I'm excited about the debut of uh, Jimmy Rivera. I'm a fan. I've always kind of been a fan of El Teror. Uh I had him ranked, I believe, the last time he fought in the UFC, which has been uh, well over a year ago now. Um, yeah, he was still a ranked bantamweight. Certainly not anymore the way that division has moved along. Um, so yeah, I think he's a great fighter. It's a really kind of a tough matchup. Uh, this guy, Howard Davis, has fought for BKFC already. So he's got bare knuckle experience. He's big. Um, he's six foot two. I think anyone who's seen Jimmy Rivera fight is—he's not a tall man, uh, you know. Or Wait, the guy Jimmy, Rivera Jimmy, is a tall fi- man. Or
1: Jimmy Rivera's fighting someone who's six two? Yeah, that's he's listed best.
2: at 6'2". Maybe the, 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 the it's off. I don't know, but that is the, the measurements I'm I mean, seeing.
3: He's still going to be much taller than five five. Jimmy, Rivera, Jimmy Rivera is 5'4".
2: Jimmy Rivera is not a tall man. <laughs> he's not a tall man. Even among bandmates, he's a short guy. <laughs> oh my he's god! So.
3: Sad. I'm just sad about the Jimmy Rivera fight because. He didn't... Like, he's certainly not the best ever been, right? But, like... Uh-huh. The losses that exited him from the UFC and MMA... Marlon Marais... with Marlon Marais... Before Marlon Marais... Uh, like, got washed overnight. Yep. A decision loss to Aljo. A decision mm-hmm. loss to Piotr Jan. 1A and 1B at Bantamweight. And a decision loss to Pedro Munoz. And he beat Cody Stamen like, a year and a half ago. Cody Stamen, who just obliterated Eddie Wineland. Like, the dude can still f- compete... Maybe not at the upper echelon, but now he's in the retirement home fight league, and that makes me sad. Maybe he's making He's only money, 32. But I, he's only 32, too. <sighs>
2: uh, he's fought a lot, though. He has, He's definitely up yes. there in, in fight years, and fight years yeah. he, he is had, up there.
3: He had an extensive career before he finally made it to the UFC. I distinctly remember him being a regional powerhouse.
2: Yeah. Listen, he's speedy. He's he's got he's got better power in his hands. I think people will give him credit for. Maybe he just he outworks this guy. Uh, that or we see a six foot two guy pick him apart for five rounds, which is not going to be going to be kind of horrible to watch. But uh, we'll see how it goes. But yeah, I'm, I'm I'm win or lose, I am intrigued by that coming event.
1: You pointed out that he is fighting someone who's six foot two. Actually, makes me more interested <laughs> in watching this, just because that's a freak show, and I don't actually understand what they're doing if that's if that's what we're doing. But <laughs> hey i'm here for it uh it is a loaded weekend fellas uh we didn't even talk anything about the ufc card that was actually the point but it was fun to spotlight a lot of these other promotions that are going this week it's a it's a big week right now and then obviously next week is international fight week so we got a loaded just stretch coming up uh so anyway i hope all you guys out there have a great rest of your weekend thank you so much for joining us for our little mini pod preview here uh that man is alexander k lee that is jed mishu I am Sean O'Shottie. We will keep it uh, please keep it locked to MMA fighting. We're going to have all our usual UFC preview, post fight, all everything you come to expect from this wonderful website. In the meantime, have a great rest of your week and we'll catch you later.